Okay, a lot of leaders use delegation to clear their plate, but they often hand over that task to someone and then they micromanage how they do it. And that's not delegating. That's not helping you be less busy and more focused. You just create a bigger problem. In business, you want to consistently attract incredible people, grow at an accelerated rate, and create a unique competitive advantage. The goal, it isn't to just be the best, but is to be the favorite, the favorite in the eyes, the mind, and the heart of your customer. To stay competitive in today's world, you want to build a business where people want to come to work and where they have a chance to be great at doing what they love the most. And you accomplish that by leading through values. Because when you lead through values, people excel, profits increase, and your brand becomes more human. Now make sure you download your free guide at leadthroughvalues.com. I'm James Mayhew, your Chief Culture Officer, and you're listening to Lead Through Values. Hey, welcome back to this episode of Lead Through Values. This is James, and today we're going to be talking about something I think is just incredibly important. You know I love to talk about leadership with you. This podcast is about culture and leadership. And I'm going to bring to you today a subject that is based on experiences that I've run into, experiences that I've had in my life, experiences that I now coach with my clients on. And we bring it into the training room also. And it's five things that leaders need to know, but rarely do they ever have any coaching or guidance or formalized training in. Therefore, we just go in and we kind of wing it. And when we go in and we wing anything, we don't know what we don't know. We're vulnerable to that. We may come in overconfident at times, and that's not a good position to take in leadership. And that can give you this sense of like, I feel not so confident, or I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I've been thrown into this role and I'm just going. This is going to impact your culture of your business. So I'm speaking to you who might be new to leadership. I'm speaking to you who might be in a new role in leadership. Now you've had leadership experience, but you're doing it in an entirely different team with a different uh, 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 level of leaders above you. And I'm also speaking to you, the leader that maybe has put somebody or is thinking about putting some someone into a new role to lead, but they you're realizing, man, I haven't given them what they need. And you know, leadership isn't easy. It's pretty common to find someone who's new to a leadership role who's missing the elements that we're going to be talking about today, missing those, those skills. I want to bring five key elements to you today. Here's, here's the first. As a new leader, you need to know how to communicate the why. Let me say that again. You need to know how to communicate the why. Why do we do things this way? Why a certain unpopular decision was made? Why we're better than our competition? Why we're unwilling to compromise on a specific situation or issue? These things are important at times. If not every day, most days. And if you as a leader can't provide an adequate response to a question like any of those that would come up in, from your team, from your engaged employees, because they're the ones that are asking, 
If you're unable to provide that adequate response, people on your team will lose some confidence in you. If they start to lose confidence in you long enough, they start to lose respect. And if you get to the point where you've lost the respect of your team, you're in a really bad spot. You know, and if and if there's leadership above you, if again, if you're in a corporate environment and there's a layer or multitudes of layers above you, they're going to lose confidence also. And the employees are going to lose confidence in them as well because you weren't able to explain why. So leaders, you must be able to answer these questions that your team has. It reinforces a consistent message. It creates a sense of consistency and alignment at every level. It creates an understanding that there's a framework around this. And this framework is what keeps us centered. It keeps us aligned. It keeps us healthy. And it gives us this high-performing culture. How to communicate the why is a big, big deal. And I don't think it gets enough credit. Now, number two, leaders, you have to develop the skill of evaluation. You have to develop the skill of evaluating people and performance. And that requires that you've got to make time Okay, don't miss that. This requires an investment of time on your part to observe. And that is one of the bigger challenges that I've run into. They're just too busy to be good noticers. All right. When you're evaluating performance, one of the ways that you can do that beyond observing is listening. So that means you're going to ask really smart questions. You're going to ask questions that don't have yeses and noes as answers. Uh, or, or, you know, we call those open-ended questions, right? We want to ask open-ended questions that lead to knowing how things are being done. I'm going to give you five amazing questions to ask to help you evaluate performance better. Number one, how did you learn to do it that way? Now, I can say that with different tones, okay? Let's be very mindful of tones when we ask questions. If I'm really a curious leader and and I see somebody who's doing something and they've kind of created this new workflow and I'm really interested, it's probably going to sound like this. How did you learn to do it that way? You hear that in my voice? That's positive. It's inquisitive. It's encouraging. But let's flip it. How did you learn to do it that way? Be careful of your tone. Be careful of your body language. Here's the second question you can ask. It's very closely related to the first. Is there a better way to do that? And that's a wonderful question to ask because it makes people think. They, you may be ready um, to get an answer such as, well, actually there is, but my supervisor, my foreman, my, uh, my, my team lead doesn't want me to do it that way, but I think it is a better way. Is there a better way to do something is a wonderful question to ask. The people that are working closest to the project, working closest to the customer, they know. And sometimes as leaders, we're so far away removed from it, we lose that perspective. So is there a better way to do that? It's a wonderful question to ask. Here's another one. Number three, do you have the right tools for this work? Could be technology, could be apps, it could be the phone, it could be um, tools that you're using in machining or in production or in shipping. I'm going to take this right into like the shipping team. What if you have somebody that has tools that create blisters 
during the packing process, like old tape guns that are held together with tape. And, and maybe it's a simple thing like that. You know what? Actually, our tape guns are horrific. I either cut myself or I'm constantly trying to fight or the tape that we use, we can't find the end of it when it tears off sometimes. Oh, it's so frustrating. Do you have the right tools for this work? Maybe you don't. Number four, are there opportunities you see that we're missing to improve our production or our efficiency? Kind of like the last, uh, the question I asked right before the last one was, is there a better way to do that? It's closely related, but it's worded a little different. Are there opportunities that you see that we're missing? That's saying we don't necessarily know everything. We trust you to know some of the things that we're missing. Another way to evaluate performance through a question an open-ended question. Here's the fifth one. As your manager, is there something I can do to help you? Now be ready. Be ready. Because if you have the right person and you hit them at the right time, you might get something like this. Yeah, just get out of my way and let me do my job. That's a pretty honest answer. And I'm going to say this. If you get that kind of response, I want you to be very careful about your response in return. I want your response to, to in return to be covered by humility, okay? Because you may not realize how hovering you can be at times. Some of you are wired to be very critical of, of a certain uh, recipe, a certain formula, a certain steps to follow. And maybe somebody else can look at it and go, listen, I can eliminate three steps, still get the same thing done, but I'm going to cut it. I'm going to cut uh, the time it takes to do that in half or by third. So be ready. Listen, if you don't evaluate others' performances, there are three things that are guaranteed to happen. Number one, the people on your team will disengage. If you don't pay attention to other people's performance, even if you're overly critical, okay, there's a statistic out there done by Gallup Research that says when a manager largely ignores their employee, they don't pay attention to their strengths or their weaknesses, and they they may pay attention to them, but they don't give them helpful feedback on how they're doing so they don't know, there's a 40% chance they'll become actively disengaged. 40%. That's a huge number and it should scare you. Now, another way that if you don't evaluate other people's performance, another guaranteed thing that's going to happen is you won't notice how good or how poorly you're serving your clients or your customers you will not notice that because you're not paying attention to the right things. You will hear that when it's too late, when you've lost the customer, when a customer is frustrated or a partner or a vendor, and that's too late at that point. So you're not going to notice that. Now, the third thing that's guaranteed to happen when you don't evaluate another person's performance regularly, opportunities to make improvements to your systems and processes, you'll miss that. You're not going to hear, you're not going to see, you're not going to listen to what other people are saying about, hey, this is how we can do this better. And that will result in stagnated growth. Now, the third way that new leaders often miss opportunities to develop people and to build their culture and improve their communication is giving feedback. Now, this is one of my favorite subjects to teach. In fact, it's been the number one thing over about the past 18 months that I've been hired to give keynote speeches on, or it's been the entry point into working with clients either in the training room or in coaching. 
And I believe that's because few people have ever had any real instruction in how to give feedback that's, that's helpful. There, there's so many ways that this is underutilized. And it's my opinion that this may be the most underdeveloped skill uh, or the most underdeveloped tool that you have in your toolbox, period. So here's one of the big reasons that people cringe at the thought of feedback. They've only seen it and experienced it as being critical. And that has been painful. They've been embarrassed. They've maybe been demoted. They've had some sort of um, punishment. Maybe they got rode up for it. Who knows? Like whatever the thing in your culture is that makes it painful. And while that is an element of feedback, what most people are missing is that it's not just about how they're deficient or weak or how they could do it better, but it's about development. I teach my clients this, this phrase, the person that challenges you and holds you capable, they care for you more than the person that watches you stay the same and settle for mediocrity. There's a lot there. It's kind of like saying, I don't care enough about you that I'm going to develop you because it just takes too much effort. And maybe you're kind of a pain in my rear at times. So, you know, I'll put my effort into this person over there because I like them better. So if you're in a leadership role, don't miss this. Feedback is the number one tool that you have in your toolkit for helping individuals grow and helping your company improve. Use it. Use it wisely. Wield it with humility and yet also with a confidence. You'll create growth. But ignore feedback and you'll lose more than a sale or you'll lose more than profits and revenue. You're going to lose your competitive edge. Now, the number four thing that leaders, especially new leaders, need to learn how to develop as a skill is delegating. Number four, delegating. Can I just tell you this one got me? This this one got me, all right? I was terrible at delegating when I was new to leadership. I held on to things that I should have opened up for others on my team to do. I remember having a conversation with my boss and he emphasized how important a certain portion of my responsibilities were, especially to him. So I automatically assumed this, that it meant that I needed, that he was saying to me, I want you to do the work. And actually what he wanted was for me to oversee that area of responsibility. But I heard that I should be the one doing it. That caused me some grief because then it, it, that meant that I was, there's only so many hours, right? So then I would shift my focus and I was holding on to too many things, not delegating. And he would notice that my team at times looked bored while I'm over there telling them how busy and how many cool things I have going and how much, you know, I, I put in extra hours this week and I was never complaining about it. I liked the work. <laughs> I wanted to hold it. I needed to let it go because there were people on my team that were actually better at doing it than me. You know, this is so much about delegating is, is learning how, like, just to let go of some things. So new leaders or people who are new to leading within a different, you know, team within a different company and they have different leaders, maybe it's in a different division. You have to figure out there's an unstated culture that exists. In other words, Is it really what I think it is or is it actually something else in practice? My story that I shared there a minute ago with the boss that saw something different than I did was kind of an unstated thing. 
The best leaders look objectively at delegating. They see it as a way to transfer ownership, as a tool to develop somebody, as a way to not just offload things off of my plate, but to give it to somebody else that can take it, run with it, and maximize it even further. So they know without question what the urgency is of the task or the project. This is how you know, should I delegate? You have to know these these two things. You have to know the urgency. And the second thing that you have to know without question is what the importance is on the project. If it's high urgency and high importance, you probably shouldn't delegate it. But if it's high importance, but the urgency is lower, that's a great development time. That's a great time to pull somebody else in and say, listen, here's something that's very important to our future. It's, it's not something that's urgent. I would like to work with you. I'd like to offload this authority to you and let's work on it together. So that takes an, uh, I mean, that takes an investment of time. If something is low urgency and low importance, well, then don't worry about it right now. Knowing these things help you determine what can be delegated, who can take ownership of it, and if this is a temporary or a permanent assignment. You know, again, I'm just going to say it this way. A lot of leaders use delegation to clear their plate, but they often hand over that task to someone and then they micromanage how they do it. And that's not delegating. That's not helping you be less busy and more focused. You just create a bigger problem. Now, the fifth element that I want to talk to you about today that new leaders need to learn how to master is to create a culture of accountability. And like the word feedback, accountability can really stir up anxiety in people. Most people have experienced accountability as kind of a blame game. And we, you know, we've been in rooms or in teams where there's been a blame assigned because of, of a failed relationship or a project. And now that's not how high-performing teams view accountability. They view accountability as a vital component to excellence. I like this quote by Henry Evans. He wrote, A culture of accountability makes good organizations great and great organizations unstoppable. See, when you have a culture of accountability, it sets the tone for the work you do. And that has a massive impact on productivity and happiness. In other words, people want to know how they're doing. But too often leaders have a negative view of accountability. And they actually create a culture of accountability in the way that they used to see it, which was, again, pointing fingers, assigning blame, maybe even publicly berating somebody. And when you do accountability poorly, it creates unintended distance between the leader and those they lead. And that distance may not be recoverable. That's why the best leaders recognize the abilities in each person on their team. They share those abilities with them when they see them. They talk about those possibilities that they could do. What kind of, what kind of stuff can we do with this? They talk about it with them. And then they even co-create plans and strategies with them. This is a proactive way of creating accountability. Rather than just handing down assignments or tasks uh, like, like I was talking about with delegation. See how all these are so intertwined? If you do one of these poorly, you're probably going to do the other one poorly. And so when I'm working with clients, either in the one-on-one coaching or in a training room, when we're talking about accountability, I actually share with them and I train them in a model for creating what I prefer to call proactive accountability. And that is based on commitments and agreements 
and the abilities of the people on their team. See, accountability ends up creating greater respect and it leads to developing a high degree of trust within teams. So wrapping up, these are the five essential skills that leaders must have to be effective at leading a team, a department, a division, or an entire company. Communicating why. Why we do things the way we do it. Evaluating performance. Mastery at giving feedback that's helpful, timely, and honest, and it's directed to the person. Knowing what, when, and who to delegate to and creating a, a high-performance culture around accountability. It's these five things we've got to become good at, but it can feel overwhelming, even intimidating at times. And so if I'm working with a, with a, a, a leader, okay, if I'm working with a CEO, or if I'm working with somebody who has now just been promoted to a team lead, we are going to focus on creating wins by dialing it down into one key element at a time so we can strip out this overwhelming fear of it. These aren't things that you'd go and take a crash course on and then just come out awesome at. No, these are things that are gonna take time to develop. You're gonna make mistakes, and that's not always bad because you learn from your mistakes. You go, oof, I'll never do that one again. That didn't work so good. And so when we look at these, these are the fundamentals of every high-performing business that's out there. They do these things well which in turn creates a winning experience for the customers. So if you'd like more information on any of this content that I've delivered today, if you would be interested in learning how to put somebody through one of these trainings, if you'd like to be, uh, if you'd like to even consider having this training brought into your team, into your company, and you want to put groups of people through this, let's talk. Because this is so fundamental. We've got an amazing program that I call Accelerate. And then we can also take it and customize it for you. Here's my number. It's 319-929-2604. And if you'd like to learn more uh, by looking at my website, please go to jamesmayhew.com or follow me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm really uh, uh, on LinkedIn quite a bit and try to post content that's helpful to you on a daily basis. We'll catch you next time on Lead Through Values.